Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise, a podcast where we speak to absolutely scintillating, amazing and transcendent people, larger than life characters who can help comedians like you and me turn what we love into a full-time job. Now, if you like this episode, share it with your friends, give us a five-star review on Amazon and iTunes, spread the love. Um, and of course, most importantly, subscribe for more fantastic and scintillating content. If it wasn't for you, well, just be quiet and don't tell anyone this never happened. It was nothing. Okay. Now, today's guests are absolutely fantastic. They've come from the worlds of entertainment and they are here to answer our email marketing queries. They have a fascinating story and they've got some very intriguing insights that I'm looking forward to hear. I think without further ado, let's say hello to Rob and Ken. How are you doing, guys? Hello, good. Hello, hello. What's been happening? How's your day been? What's 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 been going on? Oh, loads of things. I got the ironing board out this morning. I've Did done you? that for a while. <laughs> Fascinating. You, you, you Mrs. Doubtfire on. I ordered some. Um, you're not going to believe this. I haven't told you this, Rob yet, but I've uh, I've ordered some Apple AirPods Pro things. Have you? you know, an Apple product that's going to touch my phone, my Samsung thing. Uh, that's a oh, that's disaster waiting to happen. That's mm, good. Yeah, I, I use use it differently. I use it to wake me up. What your your iPhone? No, I, I get these AirPods and I set an alarm clock on my laptop, and then when I'm sleeping, it wakes me up at a certain point. Yeah, that's good. Got actual alarm clocks for that. No, but it, it's <laughs> I don't want to wake my neighbours up. So what I do? How, long, how loud are your alarm clock? How thin are your walls? Pretty do you loud, live in a mate. tent? Do you live in a tent? <laughs> oh yes, the best tent. You know, you look at the room already. It's very Harry Potterish. You got all the folders. You know, only the best. <laughs> now, I mean, it's a pleasure to have you guys here, and you guys have quite an interesting sort of journey into how you got into email marketing, and you're both sort of involved in the fields of entertainment and. I think there's quite an interesting story of how you guys met and became the email marketing heroes. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Rob, uh, Rob with the red hair, Arthur Rob, Arthur Red, no more clues. <laughs> I'll be using this voice for the rest of the episode. Kennedy is the other one. Uh, and I'm a hypnotist. So for the past like nearly 18 years, I've been lucky enough to travel almost all over the world, performing as a comedy stage hypnotist, hypnotizing people, make them do hilarious things, turn them into stars, and then putting them back in the audience where they came from. And Kennedy is a mind reader. Anyone listening to this in the States would know that as a mentalist, but a mentalist in the UK is something very different. And uh, that means he uses skills like psychology, and body language and statistics and reading people to make it look a lot like he can read people's minds on stage. Again, been doing that for like 18 years after a, after dinner awards, banquets and all kinds of other fancy places like that. And we met at a magician's convention, right, which is as cool as it sounds, uh, about 20 years ago, became friends. And along the way, I was just out of school. Kennedy was just out of university. We'd both just come out of education and suddenly we were all over the entertainment scene and trying to make a living as entertainers. And very quickly, we realized that we were both introverts and we hated selling on the phone. So we didn't want to be picking up the phone and cold calling potential clients to try and get a gig. So one of the best ways that we could find of getting booked was just to use email marketing, uh, have people fill in a form on our website, join our email newsletter. Now we could email them and tell them what we were doing. And that meant that we could keep in touch with them between one event and the next event and make sure that we were top of their mind when it came to booking gigs. Very quickly, other entertainers started asking us, how are you doing it? How are you getting so busy and still charging decent fees? And so we started helping other people to do it. 
And that was what led to eventually helping all kinds of different businesses. Now we focus on helping um, mostly online-based businesses with their email marketing to sell more of their stuff in a non-salesy way. And then we also spend you know, a whole bunch of time in a non-pandemic world also traveling and performing and uh, continuing to do all of that stuff as well. Is there a bit of banter now again? Do you occasionally try and trick one another? Like, does that happen? <laughs> I mean, there's banter, but like, he's, he, Rob's never hypnotised me, and I've never read his mind because, it, honestly, if you look at his face, you can tell what he's thinking anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's never any of that stuff. But I mean, the thing is, because Rob's background is as a hypnotist, so he's he's often. His whole thing is about influencing people and getting them to like do mad things that they would never normally do. And my whole thing is about reading people, influencing people, and all that sort of stuff. So we use those very skills in our email marketing. It's amazing how, like, as a as a comedian, for example, you have skills that you've compartmentalized in your head that would be amazing for getting you more gigs, for getting, for building your audience, for building your crowd. If you stop compartmentalizing those things and actually transplant those skills from your, what you would do on stage and what you would do when you're writing new material, and you use that in your marketing, you'll find the marketing so much easier and better because a lot of really good marketing is just storytelling. It's finding unusual twists on things. It's finding innovative solutions to problems. They're the same skills as writing a really good joke or putting a new routine together. So I think a lot of people in entertainment tend to compartmentalize those things. Actual fact, just break down those things and go, hmm, if this was just a new joke, a new routine, a new piece, a new bit that I was working in, like anything, how would I approach this as if it was that thing and it wasn't this scary external thing that we call a business or marketing? Okay. Now, one thing that I find quite interesting is how, how have you guys, is it, is it, and, that, and that's how you guys have been able to transfer your skills into being email, email marketing heroes, as a, effectively. Yeah, I think it's always just a case of looking for the stuff that you're naturally good at or the stuff you've learned to do. I mean, none of us are naturally good at this, are we? We just learned to do it and got good at it over time uh, and then figure out, okay, great. Well, what's the gap in this other thing that I want to achieve? So for us, that was getting gigs back in the day. Um, and still is for everyone. It's, for all of us, it's getting gigs uh, or you know, getting audiences into a venue. And so for us, it was just looking at the gap in that process and saying, how can I take the stuff that, that I'm already doing, the stuff that I do every day, the stuff, even the stuff you learned from like a previous job. If you used to work in a job or something like that before you went full time with comedy, uh, or if you're still currently working in a job and doing comedy on the side, then you, there will 100% be stuff that you currently do that you take for granted that other people can't do, skills that you've got, just training you've had, stuff you've been through, experiences and stuff, habits that you've got that just directly transplant into marketing. You've just never looked at them that way. So the first thing really is just to take a bird's eye view at it and, and find those things. Okay. Because one thing I find interesting, you probably guys have had it quite a lot as well, but you've had, um, you have people, obviously the people that get to the top there on TV, but I think you guys come across people that have a very large following, but they're not necessarily on TV. Like they have large local followings that will follow them everywhere they go, like massively. And one of the things that I want to sort of why I invited you guys on, because I see a lot of Edinburgh shows and like they be, they ask people to, you know, they're really good shows and they ask people to give money. They ask people to do that, but there isn't much, even when a show's really gone that well, they don't really sort of capitalize on the show so that they have these fans for life. 
like they're not getting people invested like getting them in the main list or building a fan base from there and one of the things that i often see is like i myself with some of the comedy clubs i take down the mailing lists on and i and i had people on there i had a good show they put the name in but then you then once you've added them in you start sending emails they're virtually dead like it's like they're like who's this they completely ignore you a lot of the times and what would you say is your advice to performers to sort of when they've had a good show or comedy promoters or any sort of promoters in in entertainment how do they capitalize on a good show and keep an engaged mailing list i think we've got to remember that people only join a mailing list they only follow you on tiktok or they they you know stalk you on instagram or whatever for one reason and that is their own self-interest their own self-serving so you've got to give them a really good frame you've got to show them what is the benefit to them of being on your emailing list because it's got nothing to do with you it's absolutely if you think being on your email list has anything to do with you then you, you there's a little bit of rewiring to do and that is they're on the only reason people are on our email list and they go to our website or our facebook groups and they join our email list is is not because they want to know what robin kennedy up to up to they couldn't give two stuffs what robin kennedy are doing they don't care rob had his hair done last week nobody gives a toss what they care about is in our world if you want to do better email marketing and make more sales of your products and courses and uh, and stuff then you want to learn how to do that you want the outcome of that thing and there are different types of value you can give along the way that run in parallel with that but if it's not serving someone's actual personal self-interest then there's no reason for them to open your emails there's no reason for them to give you their email address at all so what are their self-interest what are the things they could care about well one of them if you're a venue if you're a comedy club one of the things they might like is a discount voucher a coupon code a buy one get one for half price a a drinks voucher a, a a meal package whatever it is that you can package together can you give them something that they're going to benefit from as a reason to join the email list initially but that's not enough because if you say hey if you give us your email address we'll send you like free tickets for the next year right let's say your offer was as good as that i mean you wouldn't want to make that off that would be insane but if that was your offer that what will still happen is people will still not open your emails and the reason is because as soon as they've it's a transaction and they've purchased with their email address and that's the currency right if you look at all these different types of currency we've got now we've got pounds we've got dollars we've got crypto <laughs> we've got whatever anybody else you know little pictures of things and imaginary what's it all this stuff is currency and email addresses are currency so when somebody gives you their email address because you say hey give us your email address and i'll give you a voucher that transaction is now complete they owe you nothing you owe them nothing that that is a complete transaction so there needs to be a longer term reason to keep hearing from you what is that going to be if you're an act and you have um, a significant following maybe your following does want to know when you're going to be performing locally to them again if you don't perform locally every week because if you're a local act and you're really well known in your local area and you're at the chicken and rice uh, pub down the road um uh, to, on saturday you don't want to email them on sunday going oh I'm at, I'm at the fox and finch tomorrow like do you know what that's just down the road they're like 10 they're 10 doors away whereas if you perform nationally and in each area, each location, let's say you're in Newcastle one night at the stand in Newcastle or whatever, 
And that's great. You collect those people's data. So then they can find out when you're going to be in Newcastle again. Because tomorrow or next week, you're going to be in London or you're going to be in Birmingham or whatever you're going to be. So that's one reason if people really do care where you're going to be. But the truth is, most of the time, we've got to come up with a much bigger reason for them to actually care. And what could that be? Um, If you use something during your show where there might be some merch off the back of it that will really be uh, really valuable to them, as in it's really fun, it's really quirky, it's really witty, it'll make them look good, it'll make them feel good in front of their friends or whatever. If they want to find out about that and you happen to wear it during your show or you happen to mention it during your show, that might be a thing to mail about. But the really important thing is nobody wants to be in your email list. Nobody wants to be there just because they want to stalk you. That's not how it works. There has to be value for them and that might be whatever you come up with and you know we're all creative people we can come up with ideas and that was just me making stuff off, off the top of my head i think one of the things we see a lot with comedy clubs is that they'll uh, they'll run like um and this is the promoter specifically of the club is they'll run some kind of contest uh, in the interval where they'll say you know uh, fill in this little slip and put it in this box and then you'll you might win two free tickets or a bottle of wine or you know whatever it's going to be. And the truth is, I mean, people could put anything they want on that piece of paper. First of all, they could put you know Obi Wan at Kenobi.com and stick <laughs> that in the box. Um, or they could literally, if they do put their real email address in, which I trust probably most people do, if they put their real email address in, they're, they're sort of doing it because they want to win the win the thing, not because they're particularly interested in what's going on around them. So I think one of the things we should be aware of is that you're better to grow a really small but very responsive list than to have all the subscribers in the world who don't care and don't open because that's expensive. It makes delivery difficult. It makes you feel sad because all the percentages are really small when you look at your statistics and nobody wants to be sad. So we're comedians. So what you want to do really is to think about it as, well, what's, you know, what's a good reason for somebody to want to be on my list? And I think one of the biggest skills that you have as comedians um, that translates directly into email marketing is the ability to um, to tell compelling and interesting stories. So everything about our approach to email marketing is story-driven, 100% of what we talk about. Even though if you join our list, you learn about email marketing every day. Every single day we email you and every single day it's about email marketing. The sort of crux of it is about email marketing, but the angle, the positioning, the hook of it is about some random story that happened to us in the last 24 hours. And those stories are interesting, compelling, funny, um, quirky, unusual, shocking, scary, you know, any, any, any emotion you can think of. And so ultimately, when people join our list, they join our list in order to learn about email marketing, but they stay on our list truthfully they stay on our list because you really learn about email marketing once you join our paid programs and all that stuff so you, you join our list in order to learn about email marketing and you do but you stay on our list because you suddenly become hooked on the stories that we tell in the way that we tell them and comedians are natural storytellers for the most part and therefore that's something that you can really use so like i said if you can get somebody on your list um who's joining your list because they're interested in the stories that you were telling on stage and they'd like to hear more from you, then that's a really good reason to get somebody on your list. And again, your list is not going to grow as big because you're just going to get the small subset of the audience who are particularly keen. Um, but those people are going to be more responsive. They are going to hang around longer. And and again, yeah. So it's, it's not about having the biggest list in the world. It's about having a really small and refined and responsive list. And once you give tremendous value to like those 10 people know, like Phil, oh my God, that's amazing. They'll spread the word. And then once you sort of bring the value to those extra 10 people, then they'll spread the word. And then it just goes on and on. I think what you really want to do is try and find other, 
like this is a place where this is an industry where your email is really going to be heavily supported by the other stuff that you can do that's a more tangible media so things like tiktok and youtube and the stuff you've talked about a podcast if you've got one tons of comedians have started podcasts because again it's the natural way for comedians to express their content um and so I think if you continue to use email to also say to, to like, if you look, if you look at the huge growth on TikTok and YouTube of uh, whether it's like pranky type comedians who do stupid pranks on the seeming, seemingly on the public or other influencers, uh, you know, whatever's going on there. Uh, but you see, um, oh, you just did a prank on that person who, hang on a minute, they have 2 million followers on their TikTok. That's not suspicious. Um, so I think like, but if you look at the, if you look at this sort of rife uh, growing trend for comedians to be able to publish their own content from home and not just comedians, everyone, I mean, voiceover artists, everybody's got a TikTok these days. Um, I think the, the way to use email really, uh, one of the things you can do with email is to back it up with the more rich media, like videos, TikTok, YouTube, podcasts, etc. I think one of the other things you can do is, is because the things like TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff is all prone to the algorithm, isn't it? It's all like, hey, will you make it? Even if I subscribe to, to your TikTok, it doesn't necessarily, or your Instagram, I'm saying TikTok, because if I've ever even got an account, I don't have an account, but I'm not that cool. But... You might as well have an account, because I keep sending you videos. Yeah, I mean, I think 30 times a day, and I was like, oh, you seen this idiot? Uh, great. But anyway, uh, yeah, so but on Instagram, even if I follow you, it doesn't mean I'll see your videos. It doesn't mean I'll see your content because we're at the mercy of the algorithm and, and you know, obviously Zuckerville decides what we do and what we don't see. So what's really nice is if you want to amplify, and this is a really good spot for entertainers, comedians to use their email, and that is to amplify what it is they're doing on those channels. And basically email works in two directions. One of them is... One of them is to get people from your social media channels, your Facebook page, if, you, if you've got one of those, your MySpace, you know, whatever it is, and move them to your email email list. And the only reason, the, the, not only reason, the big reason to do that is because when you put a new video up, when you put a new piece of content up, you can email people and say, hey, I've just put this new bit of content up. I've put this new thing on TikTok. Here's the link. I put this new thing on my Instagram. Here's the link which means you're bypassing whether Zucker has decided that you're going to be able to see that bit, of, that bit of content on Instagram. You're directly emailing people who are most interested because they've, they like you so much. They've given you their email address directly to, to email them. And you're now able to go, hey, I've put this new, new video up on Instagram. Go check it out. It's a little screenshot in the video. And you'll get a lot more hits and you'll boost the algorithm of, of, of how, how much interest has been shown in that video by doing that very thing. I think that's probably one of the best uses of email for, um, for individual artists. I really, really do. So if you imagine just during your video, you go uh, near the end of your video or during or whatever, I say, hey, if you want to get email alerts every time I release a new one of these videos, go to this page and give us your email address. I'll drop you a quick email. That's a really solid use of amplifying your social following by using email marketing, which is not so at the mercy of the algorithms. What, what would you say is the regularity in terms of how much you should post to keep people engaged and also giving value at the same time? Yeah, this this is a the, the terrible but truthful answer here is it a hundred percent depends on the quality of the content that you can send out, um, and the reason I say that is we email our list three hundred and sixty five days of the year, and we can do that for two reasons. Number one, they are 
sort of told that that's going to happen before they sign up most of the time. And if that's not quite the case, then we definitely tell them in the first email. Hello, we email you every single day. But on most of our stuff, it does say get our daily emails, which is fairly indicative that it's going to be every day. Um, And also, again, we don't just turn up every day and say email marketing is good in it. Here's why. Email marketing is good. Here's a thing you can do. Here's a good email marketing thing you can do. Another day, there's another email marketing thing you can do. I mean, sure, there is that in every email, but it's sort of hidden. It's disguised. Usually that's broken down into two or three lines. And ahead of that is some hilarious thing that happened to one of us today. I played a trick on Kennedy. This happened. The postman fell over outside, like like something amusing that's then written up into a, a fun and interesting story. And off the back of that, we get people who, if they accidentally unsubscribe, which sometimes happens because people just click around and see what's going on, or if they join one of our paid programs, we remove them from our email list because we don't need to keep selling at them if they've joined. But a lot of the time, those people come back and say, can I start getting your emails again? Um so I think, you know, as, as long as the content is interesting, if there's a good reason to send an email, then there's there's no such thing as too many emails. So for, for me, if your content is strong and people can watch it every day in the same way that, you know, there's people who YouTube daily, there's people who TikTok three times a day. Um, if, if you if you can put that stuff in front of them every day and make it entertaining and fun and interesting, nobody, nobody wants to, nobody's just like Kennedy said earlier, nobody is just going to hang around on your list and be enthralled and excited to open every email just to find out where you're going to be gigging next. Because they can be like, they're not going to come and see you every week with the best will in the world. They're not going to come and see you at every club in every part of the country every single week. So there has to be something more to it than that. Equally, you do want to try and show up often enough that it isn't just the next time you're back in Newcastle, you email all the people who gave you their email address while they were in Newcastle. And next time you're back in Slough, you email all the people who gave you their email address while that you were in Slough. I think you've got to be able to do something that maintains that interest throughout in the same way that YouTubers, again, fu- fundamentally, if you watch YouTubers, you're actually just watching somebody's life. I was watching a guy yesterday I've never heard of before, but he's got like a bajillion followers on, uh, subscribers on YouTube. And he basically just does challenges and things and they're mildly entertaining. So it's not a comedian at all, but it's just things like, um, I decided to live uh, nocturnally for a week. Here's what happened. I decided to go and live in a foreign country on my own for a week. Here's what happened. Uh, I, t- I took a challenge to see how far to the other side of the world I could travel without any spending any of my own money. Here's what happened. And people are watching these videos and they're binge watching this guy's, effectively, this guy's homemade handheld Netflix that he's created for himself. Uh, and I think if you just imagine imagine doing that, but also being naturally charismatic, funny, interesting, et cetera, that gives you a massive superpower. So again, if you, for me, it all comes down to telling stories and being interesting. And if, if your stories are good and you are interesting, you can email every day. Yeah. And, and your subscriber list will very start, will very quickly start to tell you if that's not okay. So they'll start to unsubscribe in droves, in which case you maybe need to do something about it. You either need to address the content or you need to scale it down. Um, and also just set expectations. Nobody in the world pretty much is getting 70, 80% open rates. And if that's what you expect, that's not going to happen. If you're getting 20, 25% open rates, you're doing most better than most small businesses with their email marketing. So I think expectation setting and having good content will allow you to email as often as you want. Hmm. Yeah. it's And so what you said there in terms of, you mentioned earlier that, yeah, of course, value, you got to do all of that. But I'm saying... <clears throat> so if someone if you're putting in the email that right look at what i got i just punched a giraffe yesterday <laughs> it's the first time i've ever done it it's amazing <laughs> don't do it but <laughs> like I, this is the first time i've done it and but what's to say that you know if they're already subscribed on the tiktok or youtube channel that it's on that they don't just go there rather than go to your email list 
So one of them is a note. It's about the notification, really, because I think there's a lot of people will subscribe to your YouTube channel, for example. Um, but if they don't click on the little bell, the little notifications thing, they're not going to get an act a proactive notification necessarily, depending on how all that stuff works. I'm by no means a, a YouTube expert. And similarly, if you put a new video, a little prank video of yourself up on Instagram, just because you put it up does not mean all of your followers are going to see that thing because it's all, again, down to the algorithm. So the point of your email then becomes almost like a notification method to make sure the people who want to see that notification, who want to know you just put a new video up, that that's what is there. And what's really nice is if you're doing that, you can also mention, P.S., I'm going to be at the, you know, the whatever pub. Uh, you know, the, the badger this episode, and honey. This episode is just becoming Kennedy naming what he would name a pub if he had yeah. a pub. The bad, yeah. I'm going to be at the badger and honey on at the weekend. Um, so come and see me there. So what's really nice about that is it means that you immediately get a, a bigger surge of, of views on that bit of content. Again, like we said, without relying on the reach, uh, the native uh, reach on the platform. Okay. Now I've got two interesting questions and i'm really interested to find out what you guys say in this what is, what have been like an amazing rocky story of like someone who's been really low in their email marketing and you guys have like well you've performed magic and you, you you've made them really achieve amazing results that they never thought was possible yeah it's a, it's a great question actually um we haven't worked with any comedians, so I can't give you any, you know, <laughs> Jimmy Carr said my emails aren't getting opened, and now Jimmy's laughing all the way to the bank. Um, but it, so it's not like that. But um, I mean, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a really great coach who uh, called Sheila who, uh, he co who came to us and um, joined one of our programs, our membership. And she, she's a coach, sell coaching programs, masterminds, sort of higher ticket items. And she had never made any sales really without talking to somebody on the phone, without having to get on the phone, understand them and do the sales pitch. And after, after running a campaign that we gave her in our membership, she sold, she sold out 70% of her mastermind, which is a high ticket item, and never talked to anybody without speaking to a single person. And what's really interesting when people do that is we realize just how scalable email marketing is compared to having to get on the phone and chatting with people and all that stuff that, you know, people, I think, I think there's an assumption that as performers, all of us are extroverts and we love like getting on the phone and like doing the deal and all. I hate all that. It's horrible. Like it makes us want to cry or at least throw up a mouth a little bit. Um, so, so in order to get over that and actually do, do this the way you can communicate with people at scale, you can set up like email so that you can send an email and a whole bunch of people receive that message at the same time. And you don't have to, you don't have to call everybody up. You don't have to DM everybody on Instagram every time you're doing a gig and go, oh, by the way, I'm going to be at the Fox and Finch in a second. If you should come round, you know. You've done that one already. That's twice. You've just lost oh, a point. Oh, I've done You've Fox just... and Finch twice. Bugger. <laughs> just lost a point there. Uh, no, that's not right, man. I'm at the Sausage and Ham tomorrow night. <laughs> Nice um, names I'm, for I, pubs. I, much better, much better. Um, <laughs> then, you know, then come and see me. I, I think, you know, I lost my train of thought completely now. I think about sausage and ham because that sounds like a really, really classy lunch to have. Uh, <laughs> you know. I'll be honest, though, I think a full English breakfast is probably the best sort of breakfast to have 
and a bit of, you know, fish and chips and at lunch. Are you, are, are, you a are you traditional that way? Are you into... <laughs> it's a crap name for a pub, though, isn't it? A full English breakfast. The full English... <laughs> <laughs> the full English... No, around the full... We've got a pub called the Fire Station. What's that about? Did it used to be a fire station? <sighs> I don't know if it did. Maybe. Has it got a big pool in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if it was there pre or post Weatherspoons. Oh, I see. I wasn't sure if Weatherspoons thought, this could have been a fire station. Let's whap a pole up in there. <laughs> but it's in Whitley Bay, so putting a pole up and anything indoors in Whitley Bay is a dangerous game, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> uh, should, should I set up a gig in Whitney Bay? Uh, <laughs> on, on your career, be it. <laughs> okay. I will. Tomorrow. <laughs> They've got the internet now, though, so they can join your email list. Hey, and the candles work indoors. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Candlelight comedy. So, and what's what? What you must see have some very funny stories that you've had, where where you look at some email marketing or some things you've done, and you're like, "What the hell is this? This this makes me question the intelligence of humanity." And what has been an example of that? A really good example um, is something that happened to Kennedy a few weeks ago when he, he texted me on WhatsApp <laughs> and said, mate, have a look at this, and then explained what had gone on and showed me some screenshots. And basically, he'd seen an advert. Obviously, everyone's advertising on Facebook these days, and he sees an advert on Facebook for this guy who teaches marketing and business. And obviously, we're always students of marketing and business as well as teaching email. We're always learning new stuff. So he's put it, he clicked the link, and he's gone ahead and put his name and email address in. And uh, to register for this free thing that's happening, right? So that's a good reason to give somebody email address, free thing happening. So he puts his name and email address in and a few minutes later gets an email or a few hours later, I don't know which, gets an email. And this email basically says, just to let you know, we've just added a new bonus to this amazing new whoop whoop de dup de program that we're running. Uh, you might want to go and check it out. This is bonus number three. Kennedy thinks I've just joined your list. I don't know what bonus number one and two are yet. I didn't know you were launching something. I didn't know what was going on. I haven't had any information about this free thing that I registered for at all. So I feel like I've been duped there. Again, we're quite precious about our email addresses. And then he clicks on the thing, has a look, and this guy wants three grand for the program in its own right. Not unreasonable if it was sold well and positioned correctly and everything. But he's never going to pay three grand for this thing. He doesn't know what it is. And it's just being pitched out of the blue completely randomly. And most email marketing lacks any sort of context. It lacks any sort of class. Like people just get on your email list and suddenly they happen to receive the next email that happens to be sent out to them with absolutely no regard for whether they know what that's about or not. So I think one of the really important things that we introduced into email marketing was or we made our version of something that already existed is the idea of having a welcome sequence. And I think comedians should do this as well. When somebody first joins your list, they should, the first email they receive shouldn't be the next email you're going to send out, you know, Tuesday's email because tomorrow's Tuesday. The email they receive first should be an email that says, hey, it's Marvin. Thanks so much for joining my list. I'm really excited that you're here. Now that you're here, this is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to see. This is what's why it's going to be good for you. I post on YouTube and TikTok three times every minute, and I'm going to send you all of them. Like, Tell people what they're going to get as a result of being on your list and tell them why that's good for them, because that's important. Like Kennedy said, they only care about themselves, not about you. So tell them why that's good for them uh, and tell them what to expect and set them up for the journey that's coming. We always think about it as a bit like when you get on the train, you sit down and you make yourself comfortable and you get your 
computer out, whatever. And then you hear the voice over the tannoy saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 1432 train service to Bristol, uh, calling out all these different places as a woman's going to come down, she'll be grumpy and she'll sell you a Fanta and a Twix. And you feel good about that because you know it's setting you up for what's going to come on the rest of that journey. You go, well, good, I am going to Bristol. I'm on the right train and I know where I'm going to stop now. That's really useful. And I know that I'll be able to get refreshments. I, I feel good about that. And we always think about that set of emails as setting them up for what's going to happen, making sure they feel comfortable and aware of what's going to happen. And that's one of the really big keys to making sure a list does remain engaged is in that email, we say for in hours, we're going to email you every day. We have a podcast episode every Wednesday called the Email Marketing Show. We do this, we do that, and we do the other. And because people ex- now know what to expect, at that point, they've got two choices. They can either commit mentally for the long term, or they can scroll down and hit the big unsubscribe button. And we encourage people to do that equally. We don't want them on our list and clogging it up if they're not going to open the emails. And at that point, people get to make that choice, that like emotional subconscious commitment of, am I going to stick around and see what this is about? Or am I, you know, assuming it continues to be good? Or am I going to say, no, actually, I don't want to hear from this every day. I'm going to scroll down and get out. And again, if you build your list by doing like a free ticket giveaway or a bottle of wine giveaway or something, you're definitely going to attract more of the people who just scroll down and unsubscribe or even worse, disengage and just stop paying attention. Nothing worse than the people who linger there for a whole bunch of reasons. The people who linger there, but don't pay attention, but also don't unsubscribe. So unsubscribes are good because it's actually just clearing out your list. Um, Yeah. So I think having that set up in place is really important for that reason. You describe the Maslow hierarchy of needs there. Like the... (laughs) What, a train to Bristol with Fanta and a Twix? But, but is, that the, is that the new hierarchy of needs? Yeah, I think so. From now on. I mean, I want a deep fried Mars bar first and then all of that. But <laughs> You've gone from fish and chips to deep fried Mars bar. This, I mean, is the comedian's, the brain, this is the comedian's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? A train to Bristol, somewhere warm to sleep, a Fanta and a Twix and a deep fried Mars bar. Well, I mean, that's that's, that's why we love Edinburgh Fringe. That, that's, that's why. <laughs> that's true. And bagpipes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you mentioned, a, I mean, what you said there sounds a bit like dating, you know, where, where like the people say, oh, the take it or leave it approach works better than the please, please like me. Here's here's lots of money. Here's this. Here's that sort of thing. Oh, the begging's always worked for Rob. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and I think there's there's loads of parallels between dating and all kinds of marketing, ultimately. Uh, loads of people ask somebody, you know, loads of people in marketing do things they would never do in dating. There's a classic example, classic story of, you know, going up to a woman at a bar and just asking them to marry you straight away or jump into bed with you straight away. It's not going to happen for most, most of the people most of the time. <laughs> yes. if it does, and, if, and if they do, you don't in the want other direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> um, so, and, and most people do that with their marketing. Again, a bit like you said, somebody joins your email list and now you email them every two minutes without talking about why and why that's good for them. And again, it's kind of just too big of a commitment too fast. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all about just nurturing the relationships, taking it slowly and building up trust over time. Yeah, but what, one thing you've really sort of touched on in this uh, podcast, and I often think there's a common issue, especially performers, is we always think about what's in it for us, but we never think of like how much value we're going to give. And I spoke to um, a guy who runs Eventus, Roy Moore John. He's like a crowdfunding expert, and he says, the reason why a lot of crowdfunding campaigns do well, it's about give, give, give. And like, it's like the more value you give, the more you're going to get back. And people have got to be like, yeah, you basically got to be like a husband or a wife to them. They've got to be like, oh my God, you made me feel so good. Oh, you've like given me something amazing. And that's what you got to do. 
Yeah, you have. I think you know it is. It, it's it's about building relationships, which is the reason it gets compared to relationships so much. It is relationship building, and we can use a whole bunch of psychological principles in order to build those relationships. So, uh, for example, I mean, obviously, we we talk a lot about the psychology of, of selling and the psychology of email marketing, which is our angle on teaching email marketing. And, and the one of the big things we can do is we can use this idea of commitment and consistency. In his book, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, um, Professor Robert Cialdini talks about this principle of commitment and consistency. And, and what he talks about in there is something we can all use, and it's so underused, it's quite incredible. Um, so what he did, they did an experiment where they sent a bunch of charity people out to knock on people's doors and say, hey, do you want to give money, save the pandas? Do you want to save the pandas? Do you want to save the pandas? And of course, um, some people wanted to save the pandas and some people wanted to save the pandas so much that they would donate a regular recurring donation subscription to saving pandas. Lovely times. In a different area, in a different neighbourhood, uh, they went round and they knocked on people's doors and said, hello, we're just doing a quick survey. Do you think more should be done to save the pandas in this lovely place where the pandas are being killed? And of course, everyone goes, well, yeah, of course, there should be. They go, great, thank you very much. Knocked on the next door, hello, do you think people should be doing more to save the pandas in this lovely part of the world? Yes, yeah, good. Next day, they turn up the same doors and go... Hello, uh, we're, we're trying to raise money to save the pandas. Will you subscribe to uh, for £5 a month to save the pandas? And of course, because the previous day, that person whose door they're now knocking on had said, yes, we should all be doing more to save the pandas, is now much more inclined, significantly more inclined, to sign up and give a donation. Because us human beings hate to back down even when we know we're wrong. Think about how many times you've been having a discussion with a partner or parent, and you know you're wrong, but you can't back down because you said it in the first place. And you try and post-justify that, that uh. sort of thought or idea. That's because us human beings like to see ourselves as, co as consistent when we say we're going to do something we like to do it. We like to stand by it. So you can do the same thing in, in your email marketing. You can do the same thing in, in, in fundraising, in crowdfunding, anything like that, where you can get people to make a small commitment first, which leads them into a larger commitment. And you'll find that the, the adherence and the uptake of that larger commitment will always be higher if there's been a micro-commitment made first. Hmm. And it's... it's you, it's effectively it's like the psychology principle where they say if someone hates you and you want them to like you a bit more but in, in another way you get them to do a small favour for you and then they grow to yeah, like you and yeah then... I mean it's, it's interesting as performers we all focus on the person who hates us don't we you know we were on stage and yeah. I mean, we've all had this thing the person who's just like that really grumpy arsehole who's like in the corner with their, with their arms folded and you're like oh, you fixate on trying to just make them laugh every time you do a gag you sort of <laughs> They get them yet? Did I get them yet? Did I get them? Oh, they laugh! And it's a good something. Yes. You play the whole room to that person. <laughs> the actual fact that person um, hasn't got more value than the ninety-nine percent of the rest of the room who is who's having a lovely time. Um, but it's really hard to do. Like you know, it, it's nice in principle to go. Oh, as an idealist thing, you should ignore the one person. But it's hard because. Um, it seems, well, we know that negative negativity has a, a significantly eight times, I think, more impact than a positive action. So um, that, that, that's really, you know, a really strong, strong thing really that we all have to deal with. Okay. Well, I've got, you guys have, I mean, it's been fun. We've gone on a journey. It's been interesting. And We've got Bristol. That's the journey. <laughs> 
Oh God, yeah, that's that's cool. Nice, nice, lovely. Any good Bristol things like Bristol breakfast or something? <laughs> um, no, I can't remember. I like Bristol. I like Bristol. It's a while since I've been. I've never been. Pandemic so. and that, but no, no. Oh, it's a lovely place. Oh, it's, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely worth. Where where are you based in Marvin? London. Oh yeah, in the big in the big city. Yeah, in Wimbledon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was it? Were you skiing there or playing tennis? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it was tennis, but you know, I'm not very good, so <laughs> we will call it ski ennis. <laughs> so, the two questions I want to get at now are like, so one of the questions I want to ask is, how does Instagram Stories compare with what you said in terms of email marketing? Because you mentioned that, and then. The last bit, of course, is like, what would you like to plug at the end? Cool. Um, how does in Rob? How does in you know about, about Instagram stories? Because you like love a selfie of your face. I mean, it's quite incredible. Like, um... <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> For us, we always talk about social media as being a, a really good place to build an audience of people. So, like, again, if you look at you mentioned it earlier, if you look at how many comedy type folk, even if they're not comedians, they've just found a thing they can do on the internet and it's funny. Um, how many comedy type folk create something, put it on the internet, on social like Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, and they build an audience. And some people are building audiences there faster and easier than they would if they were knock on every TV producer's door trying to get on the next season of Mock the Week or whatever, which is a really hard slog to get that TV spot. But actually they're getting millions of views every time they put anything on the internet or even hundreds of thousands of views. Let's face it, if they're getting thousands of views, that's still better than, than not being on the television, isn't it? So um, I think that uh, social is a really good place to build your audience and it's much easier to get somebody from a gig to follow you on social media uh, just as a total side note for building your email list and getting people on, on social media i don't know how comedians apply this but like we know magicians and mind readers and that kind of thing who like build the subscription to their email list or the, the follow on social media into the show somehow. So like if they're a magician, the, the ending of the trick requires you to go and put your email address in to receive a prediction being sent by email or something. Now, a bit more difficult to do as a comedian, but there probably is a way to do it if you're creative enough. And if you build the joining of your list or the following on social into the routine of the show somewhere, then there's, there's, that's going to work really well. Anyway, total side note. But if you get somebody from a gig onto social, that's really powerful. And we always say you should build your, build your business, build your audience on social, build your business on email. What we mean by that is the minute you're on social media, as Kennedy said earlier, you're now going to fall prey to the algorithms. You know, somebody else who puts out a slightly funnier video than you and titles it slightly better and uses slightly better keywords than you on YouTube is going to is going to outrank or whatever. And so I think it's really important that you very quickly use social, like your Instagram stories, to move people to your email list. So if you get a bunch of people to follow you on social, again, just tapping follow on social is a much less of a commitment than giving you their email address. You can be doing Instagram stories behind the scenes at your gigs. That's really interesting to people who follow you on social. That is interesting. If they can watch what's going on, um, then that's interesting. And you can say, listen, we're doing this cool thing. In fact, if you're really interested, just pop your email address in down below and you can put one of those Q&A boxy things on from Instagram stories and get people to put your email address in. So for us, it's like uh, social is a really good stepping stone in order to get somebody from seeing you on stage to being on your email list. I think social is a good thing to put in the middle. Again, deepens relationships. It's right there. It's very uh, it's it's non-intrusive, but it's got a deep connection to it, and then move them onto email because email is where you take that person to the next level of super fan. Okay, and <clears throat> oh, cool, and yeah, right, that's lovely. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that tomorrow, guys. Can I send you a result? <laughs> yeah, tell us how it goes. <laughs> and now Kennedy will do a blog. 
Oh, will I do a plug now? Am I going to yes. do a plug now? Is that, I, is that my cue? Well, that was two questions. Um, I answered one of them. The second one was, what do you want to put? Oh, I thought we, you know, okay, fine. Sorry. I'm yes. keeping this um, in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I keep this in. This is extremely professional. Um, yes. So if you want to, if you want to um, figure out email marketing and that kind of thing, um, you uh, should definitely tune it into because obviously you like podcasts. You've got smash and taste. So um, in podcasts like this one, so come and listen to our podcast. It's a weekly show where Rob and I be slightly amusing and talk about all areas of email marketing from the content to the technical stuff, uh, but mostly have fun about it. And you can do that by finding the email marketing show on your favorite podcast player or go to theemailmarketingshow.com. Okay. <laughs> Any any last words? Any sort of life advice like that has shaped you guys today? <laughs> oh god, that's a big question, isn't it? Any life advice? Get a proper job. No, uh... <laughs> that's the advice that would have shaped your life, Kennedy. <laughs> would have had a life. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well. It's been. I hope you guys have had fun. It's been a pleasure having you guys on. And let me know what your thoughts are on the podcast when I send it to you. And everyone, make sure you follow Rob and Ken. <laughs>